Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 3, and, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So the disciples came to ask, who's the greatest? And that's always what people are doing, right? They want to know who's number one and probably had different views on who's the best, who's the greatest, the competition, right? Well, Jesus put a lesson for them and really for us. And that's where I'd like to get to, right in the middle of verse 3. He said, and become as little children. And become as little children. And with the grace of God, I would like to preach on the thought of a message today. Maybe something a little different, but I want to preach on growing in God. Growing in God. Someone said kids are born with four kidneys. Did you know that? Kids have four kidneys. And when they grow up, two of them turn into adult knees. And their kidneys. Man said, I always carry a picture of my wife and seven children in my wallet. To remind myself why there is no money in my wallet. (laughs) Growing in God. Well, the disciples wanted to know who was number one, who was the greatest, who was the best. And you see there's a lot of competition. There's competition in sports. I will not say anything about the Jaguars. But there's competition in sports. And the competition is to say, who's the best? Who's number one? And these disciples, they were no different. Who is the greatest disciple? Who is the greatest preacher so we can compete? Jesus. So Jesus had a lesson. And he put a child in the middle. A little little child. And we had some new little children come in. And so Jesus called the little child and, and put the child right down in there. A child with no money. A child with no ability perhaps to preach. A child with no, no skill that an employer would want. And he used that child as an example. He said, except you be converted. That word means to turn around. So when you're a Christian and God comes into your life, you make a, a turn like this. You're going one way and you start to go another way. And Jesus said, you've got to change everything. And then he said, and become as a little child. Now, that's not what they were looking for, because no one aspires to be a little kid, right? We aspire to be rich and powerful and handsome or beautiful, influential. But Jesus said, nope, that's not what I want. For you to grow in God, I want you to be like a little niño. There was a preacher named Hudson Taylor. He reminds us that while in nature... The normal order of growth is from childhood to manhood, right? Maturity. But in grace, the true development is perpetually 
backward. Toward the cradle. We must become and continue as little children. Not losing, but gaining child likeness of spirit. So Jesus said, I want you to go be like a little kid. Now I'm going to show three areas where God wants us to be like little children. And if you want to grow in God, you can grow in God by doing these three things and having these three characteristics in your life. And you can be what God wants you to be. Now there's a difference between childlike and childish. Okay? <laughs> Children, that childlikeness and that purity is what God wants. But being childish is the poorer qualities of a child, right? Like this man said, my wife told me she wanted to talk to me about my childish behavior. And then he said, little does she know she can't enter my pillow fort without the secret password. So being childish is not what God is looking at, but being childlike. There was a man that saw his little son praying by his bed before the little son went to bed. And the little son said, Lord, make me like my daddy, strong and smart and brave. And God really touched the heart of that father. You know, we know that we have things to work on as adults, don't we? And the father kind of hung his head and he went back to his own room and he shut the door and he kneeled down on his bed knowing his child was watching his life. And he, the father said, he said, Father, God, make me like my son. Trusting. Humble. And forgiving. And that's what I'd like to preach upon. Growing in God. Being trusting. Being humble. And being forgiven. Being forgiving. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 3. He said, except ye be converted. And become as little children. Ye shall not enter into the kingdom of God. But then he said something else. He said, whoso therefore shall humble himself. You know that God is looking for us to humble himself. One of the ways that we can humble ourselves in God is to trust God for who he said he is. Now, kids have an amazing amount of trust. If you tell a child, they just believe that anything's possible. Ask a child what they want to be when they grow up. What are they going to say? President, right? Basketball star. What are they going to say? Uh, inventor. Ask an adult or an 18-year-old, what do they want to be when they grow up? I hope I get a job at Walmart. <laughs> you know, somehow some of those ideals and some of that belief, it kind of erodes. Hope I get 40 hours this week. I got to make rent. But some, sometimes our trust and our belief, it kind of gets smaller when we get bigger. But God says that that trust is a quality for a believer, just like a little child. If you tell a child, jump up and touch the moon, that little kid, they'll jump up, right? And touch the moon. If you tell a little kid they're on the roof of your house, jump, daddy will catch you. You had better be ready to catch that child because your back might not 
tolerate the belief like the child, okay? But that child will jump. Why? Because they believe what you tell them. And it's important as, a, as an adult that we have to tell our kids not just to believe God, but to show our kids we believe God. You see, because that trust is one of the main things, that faith is one of the main things that identifies a child of God. And not just being a kid, these are skills for us as adults. So the Bible says in Genesis chapter 15, who's the father of faith? Abraham. Do you know when Abraham really came on the picture? Jesus, or it said that God said, leave your house. He said, just go. And go to a place where I show you. And I'm going to be with you. You know how old Abraham was? Seventy-five. <laughs> and the Bible said, and he believed in the Lord. He said, God told him to do something. And he's like, okay, but I was going to play golf and draw on my social security. But God said, I've got a new life for you. And he trusted God. When he was 99, God said, you're going to have a son. You know what? He believed God. He had a, he, they had a baby shower probably when he was 99. And his wife wasn't much younger. And it had ceased to be after the manner of women. She wasn't able to have a baby until God said, you're going to have a son. Guess what? She had a son just like God said. But you see, they believed God. You say, well, preacher, I want God to do something in my life. Well, you know what we need to do first? We need to develop that heart of faith that said, God, you said it, and I believe it. Even if everyone else is mocking it, God said it, that settles it. It's true, the word of God. Who do you need? Oh, she's coming up. Oh, you got it? Okay. Who's she? Oh, she's coming up. Okay. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. You see, God, by the grace of his son dying on the cross, gave us every promise. The Bible says when Abraham was going to have a child, it said he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Has God ever made you a promise? Oh, God, how are you going to do that? How are you going to give me a job? How are you going to pay my bills? The Bible says that Abraham staggered not at the promise of God. He said, God, if you said I'm going to have a child... I guess we're going to get ready to have a child. You know, one person prays for rain, and the other person, they leave their house with an umbrella. And that's real faith. When it's sunny out, say, God, what you promised, you were able to perform. I believe God. So when you're trusting in God and growing in God, that trust, that trust when we grow backwards, and I know that we live in a society where it seems like you can't trust anybody. And someone, they act like one thing. And then you read in the news, they're another thing. And I know it works with politicians and preachers alike. But let me tell you, you can trust Jesus. Because Jesus is trustworthy. And children who grow in God, children of God, we can trust in our Lord. You know, God honors faith. The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Without faith, without trusting God, it's impossible to please him. I remember hearing an account of a preacher's wife. They had, uh, they had a muddy 
outside of their church. It was muddy, right? Well, they bought some gravel. And so the guy came with the dump truck and he dumped the gravel. Well, gravel weighs a lot, right? So a dump truck load of gravel is a lot of gravel. And the preacher's wife said, can you please spread it around? The dump truck guy said something like, no, I can't. I just got to dump it here. So you've got what? Tons of gravel. And so the preacher's wife, who weighs about 100 pounds, a lady I know, she was babysitting some, some little kids, I think. And uh, she said, well, maybe we can just go shovel just enough to get to the church door, right? So that there's enough gravel where people aren't tracking the mud in through the church. And you know what the little kid did? The kid said, let's pray. Let's pray. And so this little girl with this, this trust of God and the preacher's wife, I, I learned from someone that I know about this. This has really happened. So they prayed. God sent someone to help, you know, push the, the, the gravel around. And as they finished their prayer, a backhoe. You know what a backhoe is? It's got a bucket on the front and it's got a scoop on the back. It drove past the church. Stop. Backed up. Came in and said, can I um, spread this gravel around for you? You see that trusting of that child's heart. Do you believe that that child, that they really, really, you know what? Not only do I believe it, but it happened to me. You see, because when I invited Jesus Christ in my heart, I trusted him to forgive my sin. I trusted him to change my life. I trusted him to be my Lord. And when you trust him to be your Lord, God can change everything about your life. But you've got to put the trust in Jesus. That trust is how you grow in God. So preacher, do you trust in God? I trust in God for my finances. I trust in God for my health. I trust in God for my life. I trust in God for my security. So preacher, but you lock your door? Yes. But do you know how easy, how easy it is to break in your door? I saw my neighbor had a medical emergency, so the cops came. And they looked, at, they looked through the, the, the glass and they said, she's on the ground. And they went one kick. Boom! And the door was open. I saw it happen. That's all it takes to open your door. Say, preacher, my door is triple locked. Then someone can break a window. Okay? It's easy to do. But you know, it's God that can protect us. And God that can keep us safe. And God that can give me peace in my heart. Because why? I trust Jesus. It's a quality of growing in faith. To trust Jesus. God, you can do it. You can heal me. You can save me. You can fill me with the Holy Ghost that I trust you. Another thing to grow in God is to be humble. We think that we have to show ourselves off, but really and truly, one of the qualities of a Christian is to humble yourself. That means to go low. Have you ever had hummus? You know what hummus is? It's ground up chickpeas. But the word humble and hummus come from the word earth. Because God said we need to lower ourselves down. The Bible said that if we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, He will do what? He will exalt us. God will lift us up. But we've got to go down so that people see Jesus and not us. There was a man named Patrick Lencioni. He wrote a book. And he said, oh, preacher, but if I'm humble, no one will hire me. He wrote a book and he said the three qualities of a team player are humble, hungry, and smart. You want to hire someone 
that's humble. Have you ever been a, some of you people have hired people. You ever hired someone who's not humble? You say, hey, can you go do this? No, 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 I'm not gonna do it that way. I'm gonna do it this way. Like, oh no. What is that? They have a problem with humility. Yes, we need humility as employees. We need humility as parents. We need humility to let God be God. The Bible says we don't need to be full of ourselves. Have you ever heard that? Someone who's full of himself? That's not a good thing, right? We need to be full of God and his grace. So humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking of yourself less. Why? Because, you know, children, they're humble. They have to be. Why? Because does anyone have a kid in here? They have to be obedient, right? Part of humility is someone says, do something. And what do you do? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Anyone have a child and you want the child to do something? The Bible said, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. Abraham, go out. Yes, sir. And he went out not knowing whither he went. Remember Moses? Moses said, he was told, go into Egypt. You're going to lead my people out. You know how old Moses was? 80 years old. I don't know if Moses had a walker. He's like, me? You want me to go? But God talked to him, yes, I want you to go. No, no, but you should send like one of the ultimate fighting championship guys in. No, God sends the right person at the right time. And Moses, after he had argued with God for a little while, right? God sends someone else. I can't talk. He's probably thinking, man, no one's going to listen. But if God tells you to go, then be obedient. The Bible said, even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure and whether it be right. You know, when you tell your child to do something, what do you expect them to do? What you told them. You know, is it any different with God when he tells us what to do, that he should see that we're doing it? God says, hey, I want you to live this way. Yes, sir. I want you to be forgiving. Yes, sir. I want you to love your neighbor. Ooh, really, preacher? I love my neighbor? But they're a Democrat. But they're a Republican. But they're white. But they're black. But they, but they smoke weed all the time. Look, it doesn't say that there's any caveats to that. It says if God says do it, we need to love our neighbor. If God says we need to bless them that curse us, guess what we need to do? Bless them that curse us. If we need to love our enemy, guess what we need to do? Love our enemy. Why? Because I'm obedient, because I'm humble. I know that God has a plan. And we're learning. You know that kids are always learning. They have to be humble. Why? Because when you're growing, you learn things that you don't know. I never knew that. I know because my daughter's in third grade. She's learning all kinds of stuff. That she doesn't know. Have you ever learned something again that you learned in school? Like you learned it in school and then your kids go to school and you relearn it? Like you have to like relearn it? You know, sometimes it's not just that we heard it for the first time, but God reminds us of something like, oh yeah, I should probably do that. I remember that I learned that a long time ago in children's church. I remember I heard that at a conference. Let me go try to do that again. The Bible said that Jesus said... Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. He said, I'm meek and lowly of heart. He said, I'm humble. You can be humble. You see, the kids, they have to learn things. You know why? Because they don't know everything. 
And if you ever talk to your child and they resist something, they don't want to do it. They don't want to learn to do it that way. They don't want to eat their vegetables. They don't want to do something else. It's because it's new. And they have to be flexible, right? They have to learn and that's not the way that they would do it. You know that kids have to be out of their comfort zone a lot. So give kids grace. They have to learn everything. They have to learn new things every day. But you know what? As a child of God, God's going to teach us new things too. He's going to say, go do that. Me? God? I, I can't do that. But God's like, hey, just be obedient and do what I tell you to do. There's a chorus that says, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. When we trust God and God says, hey, go do that. Maybe, maybe God has been sharing with your heart that maybe what you need to do is surrender something to God. And you know, say, God, I heard your spirit speak to me. I'll do it. I'll surrender. Maybe God wants you to grow. Maybe God wants you to be more involved in the house of God. But when God speaks to you, you know, there's no way to say no and then Lord. That's impossible. You can't say no, Lord. It's impossible. Because if he's your Lord, when he tells you to do something, you know what the answer is going to be? Yes. You know when my daughter disobeys? Yes, she does. Okay. I, I quote this verse of scripture and I say, children. It's Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1. You know what that verse is? She knows the rest. I say, children. Obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. You know, if children are supposed to obey their parents, then aren't the parents supposed to obey their Lord? Because we're humble and obedient. The last thing, children are notoriously forgiving. Children are notoriously forgiving. Children don't hold Grudges. Hey, preacher, you're talking about kids, and I'm talking to you. Children of God don't hold grudges. So a preacher, but that person did that to me at Target, and that person did that to my mom, or that person did that to me when I was 20 years old. Children of God, forgive. Children of God, forgive. So Jesus talked about it in chapter 18 of, of Matthew. He had a parable. He said that this man, well, first Peter said, how often should I forgive my brother? Seven times? Maybe he was throwing out seven times. That's a lot, right? Someone does you wrong, you forgive him. Someone does you wrong and you forgive him. Seven times is enough, right? Peter talked to Jesus. Don't be careful when you ask Jesus a question. Because Jesus will tell you the truth. And Jesus said, nope, not seven times. Maybe Peter was thinking eight. He said, 70 times seven. How many times is that? 490 times. You know what he was saying? You'll lose count. There's so many times you have to forgive him. It's an indefinite number. Who's ever counted to 490? I mean, man, that's a lot of tick marks. That's what Jesus was saying. You just keep forgiving people. And then he gave a parable. He said a man came to a king and it found out, the king found out the man owed him some money. Have you ever owed someone some money? 
Well, he owed this king 10,000 talents. So a talent was the biggest unit of measurement for weight in the Old Testament. 75 pounds, give or take. In the New Testament, a talent was the biggest measure of money. So a talent of silver, it's this big brick of silver, right? It weighs about 75 pounds. And it's comprised of 6,000 denarii, if I said that right. A denarius was the Roman coin. And one silver coin represented a laborer's wages for one day. So a talent of silver, one, represented... 6,000 working days. Do you know how much 6,000 working days is? If you work 300 days a year, that's 20 years of work for one talent. This man owed 10,000 of 20 years of work. So what is that? He owes 6 million working days. So what? You're not going to pay that off with a side job. That's what, that's what Jesus was saying. And if it was gold, because it doesn't say 10,000 talents is like $18 billion. Now you're like the U.S. government, right? You're just so far in debt, there's no way that you're going to pay it off. And so with all of this debt, the man fell down before the king. He said, have patience, I'll pay you. And he worshiped the king. You know what the king said? I changed my mind. I forgive you. So the man, he's forgiven, and he goes out. He's free, right? But then you know what? He sees someone that owes him money. Mm. He, owed, he was owed a hundred of these denarii, you know, like 10,000 bucks. He had a donkey loan or something like that. And he sees this guy, and he grabs the man by the throat. <clears throat> now, he had just been forgiven of $18 billion, just forgiven. And he's going to go and be unforgiving to someone else. And the man, just like this other man, said, forgive me, I'll pay you, Give, have patience. And the man had no patience and he had him thrown into jail. Whew. So you know the king found out about it, right? You know what the king did? He said, I forgave you, you didn't forgive him? And he put that first man in jail with the tormentors, the torturers. And you know what? There was a lesson for Jesus he said, not only do we need to have that quantity of forgiveness, brethren, we just need to forgive, forgive. We can't carry that weight of bitterness. We can't let something affect our peace. But second of all, the quality of his forgiveness. Jesus said, so likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you. If ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother, their trespasses. You know what God was saying? You know what? Just like God forgave us something that we could not ever repay. When he died on the cross for us, he said, if someone does you wrong, and brethren, people will do you wrong, okay? People will do you wrong. He said, but you've got to forgive just like a little child. Not for their sake, but for your sake that you don't carry a weight of bitterness, that you carry a weight of lack of peace, you carry a weight of trauma in your life, you need to give that all to the Lord. And for Christ's sake, you need to forgive them. 
Because he forgave you. And you need, I need to forgive them because the Bible said that if I don't forgive men their trespasses. You know what the Bible says? Neither will your heavenly father forgive you your trespasses. Trusting. Humble. And forgiving. I like to close with this. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So who did God send us? He sent us a Savior. But with heads bowed and eyes closed, and that Savior, He said you've got to be converted. That means changed from one thing to another. From darkness to light, from sin to salvation, from death to life. And how do I do that, Jesus? You trust Jesus. Because Jesus' blood paid for your sins by a life that was lived without sin. By a virgin birth that came from heaven as much as earth. By a death on the cross because the Bible said without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. By a life that is humble, knowing that God, I'm here to not just trust you, but I'm here to listen to your voice. And God, if you tell me to turn left, I'll turn left. If you tell me to turn right, God, I'll turn right. I'll, I'll say yes to you, Lord. And Lord, maybe even one of the most important things is you've forgiven me a debt I could not pay. God, let me forgive others a debt they cannot pay without my forgiveness. If they've done you wrong, now I'm not saying that they're right. I'm not saying that what they did was right. And I'm not saying that they'll ever even receive your forgiveness. But you need to let the burden off your life. <laughs> and you need to let yourself free from bitterness. Let yourself free from those things which hold you down by setting yourself free by forgiving them. And all of these things. Say, so preacher, why do you do that? Because I want to grow in God. Let's find a place to pray. You need to grow in God. Say, well, God, I need something from you. I need to trust you for something today. God, I need, God, I need to have more God and less me. John the Baptist said, I must decrease. But God, he must increase. And God, maybe I need to have more forgiveness. And let someone that did me wrong off the hook as you let me off the hook. And Lord, I'm doing these things because, Lord, I want to grow in God. You want to grow in God today? Let's grow in God. Let's grow in God. Have your way. Brother Patrick, come and lead us in that song, Amazing Grace. You need something from the Lord. These altars are open. Let's let God help us grow today. God bless you, brother.
Praise. 